And we are back for 2021. Welcome everybody to this new episode of The Dagger. I am Justin Pierce here alongside my co-host, uh, my guy, Corey Kennedy. Corey, how, how are we feeling? It's a little bittersweet today. We had some crazy NFL action, but first of all, I just got to say a little happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. We finally got to throw 2020 in the trash can. Here we are, 2021. I missed you guys. It's been since about December 17th, a little bit before Christmas, since we got to get back out on the airwaves. So it's good to good to hear everybody, good to talk to everyone. Good to see you, JP. Um, and so here we go. We're going to do a little, little you know, let, let the people know what we're going to do today, a little, little change up for 2021. Yeah, so we're going to do a pretty much a little mini episode of uh, NFL action here for uh, our this this upcoming episode for the dagger uh not usually a normal episode like we do usually uh um, we usually do a full episode um full 90 minutes to two hours usually but mm-hmm. we're gonna keep it shorter today do probably like an hour or so um on the podcast but stay tuned and enjoy yourself because it's going to be a really really great episode we're going to react to some of the week 17 shenanigans uh that went on and preview some of the upcoming NFL wildcard action uh, this upcoming weekend and also make our Super Bowl picks. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to say the least. Also, we're going to preview the national championship uh, between Ohio State and Alabama. So you you guys should stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're going to get into some NFL action, go through each game, probably not each game, but most of the teams that are making headlines on uh, this this week 17 on a Sunday and then possibly predict who's going to get fired and who's going to keep their job tomorrow or not tomorrow this week rather mm. uh for the for those of you tuning in on a Monday or later but let's get started and talk about what we just saw uh on Sunday night football which was uh, the Washington football team yes the team that won without a nickname won the NFC East and defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 20 to 14. And a really, really controversial move was made by Doug Peterson as he pulled Jalen Hurts in the to start the fourth quarter. And Nate, what was it? Nate Sudfeld went in and something like that. Yeah, he went in and uh, in relief for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts played three quarters. Carson Wentz didn't dress at all. And everyone was mad about it all over the interwebs, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. But I'm going to start with you, Corey, because this is obviously you have a lot to say about this. Uh, You as a Giants fan, what is this, what you just saw Doug Peterson do, how tragic was it for you as a Giants fan to be like, what, like, what was going on? The floor is yours. Yeah, man, this is, yeah, shout out to all those Giants fans. It's been riding with it for, for you know we had a couple we had some good years we had we had 08 07 08 and we had 20, 2011 2012 that, that those seasons but since then it has been brutal um you know we had to say goodbye to Eli Manning last year um you know JP you're going through that with saying you know as you said goodbye to Philip Rivers now on the Colts but you know Eli Manning sitting on the couch hyped up for the, those Giants those G-men but you know it, you know it started off 10 a.m here on the west coast we had you know I thought the Cowboys were going to win. I thought they were going to put up a 30 plus like they've been doing the last two weeks. They put up 30 something against the Eagles. 
they put up 40-something plus against the Niners the week before. So I thought the Cowboys, you know, their offense had been spiking. I thought, you know, they were going to take it to the Giants. But that Giants defense really turned it up. Leonard Williams, who has been on the franchise tag, been an insane uh, DN uh, defensive lineman guy for the Giants um, out of USC. Um, so shout out to that SoCal connection. Um, but yeah, so that was a great way to, you know, with that seal up that, um, that game pick, game winning pick for the Giants defense. Andy Dalton kind of floated the ball up um, into the end zone. Giants come down with it in the end zone. So right there. But crazy little play, Wayne Gallman, you know, all you got to do is run the ball, just get down, you know, it's over, game's over. But he fumbles the ball, little rainy day going on, little wind, rain, snow action going on, little, you know, miss going on, ball slips out. He actually does the splits on top of the ball, and um, somehow the Giants recover it. They get the win, and uh, you know, they get the win um, against Dallas. So, but then you, you fast forward to 5 o'clock here. Um, Washington's got to lose, take the L. Eagles, um, first time Giants fans are saying, fly, Eagles, fly. Um, so, you know, I was included. I was watching it. You know, it seemed to be a long shot. Eagles had, I think, eight, eight or nine guys out, key players that didn't play. Brutal. But, hey, well, here we are. It's, you know, we're, play, we're getting the Washington football team who, you know, I mean, Alex Smith, you know, I mean, it's such a crazy year. Dwayne Haskins got released um, last week. I mean, Alex Smith, a guy that, you know, almost lost his leg, is get, going into the playoffs. Division leader, NFC. Is this, I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's, it's a lot of emotions as a, as a Giants fan and as football fans today. There was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, they, the football team had a really, really good year under with Alex Smith, with Alex Smith under center for that, rather. Uh, I think he was 5-2 and two yeah. with um, – when Alex Smith started at quarterback for uh, Washington, they were five and two. And then I think any other quarterback, they were two and seven. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's a big difference between potentially a top five pick and a uh, division winner right there. But we have to talk about the Eagles and what they did uh, yeah. to start the fourth quarter. They, they put in Nate. Yeah. They put in Nate Sudfeld and uh, everyone thought they were just trying to lose the game, but everyone People were pissed about it. Mostly Giants players were reacting on Twitter. Everyone was like, what, is, what are they doing? Uh, what is your reaction to what Doug Peterson did in the fourth quarter with, uh, with that sudden quarterback change that he made? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that, that quarterback, it's going to be a crazy offseason for this quarterback group. And, you know, Carson Wentz getting benched, Jalen Hurts coming in, playing pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just as a Giants fan – I mean, as a football fan, if you're just watching this game and you see they pull their their starter quarter, their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and it's a chance to win. It's 2014. You know, there's a chance to win this game and a chance to knock Washington out of the playoffs, which the Giants have been there before. They've knocked Washington. They've knocked the Cowboys out. They've knocked the Eagles out of playoff contention. So, I mean, it's, it's a game that you want to win. It's like, you know, it, it might seem meaningless, but if you can knock your division rival out of the playoffs, it's like, you know, you feel kind of good about that. So, you know, there's no really reason to, to throw this game away in, the, in a close fourth quarter game. Week 17, you know, you, you've gone all the way down, you know, the 17-week crazy year filled with, you know, COVID-19 positives, crazy, crazy stuff going on in the world, and you just want to, you know, throw in a practice squad guy. It, it, it's tough to see. I know, you know, Giants players are probably brutal, you know, about this. But I guess if we're being 100% real, it's, you know, the Giants blew, you know, a lot of opportunities 
it's crazy to say that they're even in the division race, the playoff race, to, you know, to begin with, it, you know, five, six wins. Uh, it's just crazy to think about. So, um, you know, I, I felt good about that, that, you know, I could have a solid season where I could root for the team, you know, all the way till week 17. So that, that was good for a playoff hope. But for it to be brutally yanked away, you know, as the quarterback, as Jalen Hurts exits the field, the Giants' playoff hopes, you know, go out the window. So it's, you know, it, it maybe you could say it's in the, the Giants should have been in that spot in the first place. But, you know, here we are. So, you know, it's brutal. It's brutal to see. Yeah, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I I always think you play to win. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that it's wrong what Doug Peterson did because a lot of NFL teams did what Doug Peterson did today. Um, they were obviously in different spots and there was a lot less stake um, on the line. I think there was a lot more. Uh, yeah, there was a lot more on the line. Excuse me from uh, from what Doug Peterson did. And the the stakes were heavy on Sunday Night Football and. You just have to look at it like, I mean, like what, I mean, he didn't, it's not really his problem that a lot of those teams were in that situation. I mean, the Giants obviously wanted the Eagles to win for them to get in the playoffs. They were obviously disappointed by that, but like at the end of the day, I mean, it was just the most NFC East thing you could ever (laughs) think of happening. Um, A practice squad quarterback versus like a, a team yeah. that's gone through three quarterbacks this year. Alex Smith started like third on the depth chart. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no one knew yeah. how he was going to bear going into this year um, with pretty much a damn near amputated leg for sure. And yeah. he goes out there and balls out, wins the division for uh, Washington. And they, they face Tom Brady next week, which is crazy, but We'll get, we'll get to that later on in the show, mm-hmm. but uh, what's crazy about what um, Philly did is just that everyone was just so blown away by, by it, like they haven't yeah. seen this before, and I'm sh- I'm just surprised, honestly, that people are reacting this way, because the Steelers benched their starters today, um, who else? The Bills benched their starters after a little bit. I mean, people would have gotten mad if the Texans did it, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And who else? A bunch of other teams benched their starters. I know Teddy Bridgewater got pulled today. Uh, and the Seahawks were struggling against some backups on the Niners. It's just different. It's just – it's week 17. I mean, people want to add a 17th game next year. Uh, I, I'm not really into that. But at the end of the day, I mean, when – it's Sunday night football and everyone's watching. I mean, yeah. you have to play your starters. I mean, you yeah. have to play, you have to, you have to play your, you have to play your rookie. I understand if it's like a, I mean, veteran who's not really playing that well or any or something like that, but you have to keep your rookie out there to give them a chance. I really don't yeah. necessarily think uh, that it's, I don't necessarily think that what Doug did was right. I probably wouldn't have done it, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of other teams are doing it. And if you're mad about that, like if you're an NFL player that's mad about that, it's like super hip- hypocritical because week 17, you how many how many of those guys have played week 17? Like the, right. the ones that are complaining right now. Let's be honest. Like, Yeah. It's a wacky you – know. week 17 is wacky. You know, it's, it's – it, it, you know, for a lot of 
team playoff hopes are long gone. You know, they're just trying to get out of there healthy. Um, but, you know, think about it more. It's like, what, what did the Eagles accomplish by pulling Jalen Hurts? Because, you know, right now you have, you're battling with Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. So it's like, what, um, what did you accomplish if, you know, if you're pulling Jalen Hurts out in a chance where he can make a, a game-winning drive, game-winning fourth quarter, um, and, you know, prove himself, really. You know, you know, put your quarterback out there. Let him prove himself. And now, you know, so, instead, you know, you put up this, you put in the backup guy, the third stringer. So it's like, you know, and for Sunday Night Football fans, everyone was bummed. NFL Twitter is bummed. Sports World is bummed. You know, this whole um, Scott Van Pelt said it best on Twitter, you know, bless the NFC's heart. Um, it's, you know, it was such a crazy show this, um, this year. And, you know, I'm trying to think, though, like, I don't understand. I'm trying to go in the mind of Doug Peterson and say, okay, why would you pull your, you know, your, your quarterback that's trying to make a point, you know, he's got something to prove this year. He's got to, he's trying to replace Carson Wentz, you know, be the face of the franchise, but you pull him. So I guess draft pick, I know. I mean, I don't know if you, but you're trying to blow the game in the fourth quarter. Not many teams do that. And that brings up the whole respect aspect of the game, you know, play to win games, put fight every, every down. Yeah, but we need we just need to set the double standard for this though because we uh I think we get so caught up into um like setting a standard for one specific moment but another time we'll see something happen like we'll kind of just brush it off like for example we'll see um I mean we saw the Steelers bench their starters today. I mean if Miami won or if the Colts won, rather, and the Browns won, and Miami won, and, that, and the Colts would have been kept out of the playoffs because of the Steelers, then, I mean, that, that would be something we would talk about, obviously, because uh, the Colts were, um, if everyone won today in the, in the AFC seeds four through eight, I think, then the Colts would have been the, the, the lone 11-5 and five team that's out of the playoffs, and everyone would have been talking about that. So, like, why didn't they play for a three-seed or two-seed or yeah. um, that rather? I mean, we just have to set double standards for that sort of thing. I think it's just because it came down to 256, game 256 rather, then we're going to set that standard uh, just for that specific moment. And I think we get caught up too much being, in the pr- being a prisoner of the moment uh, with that sort yeah. of thing. So. Yeah, maybe just because, you know, the division on the line and, you know, what, you know, you have the game in the grasp right there. And so, I don't know, it's just tricky, but, you know, I guess, but I think my, the main point is that the Giants, they got to take care of their own, you know, you got to control your own destiny. You got to win your games. You can win and you can't, you can't rely on, you know, et cetera, a bunch of teams to lose. You can't rely on Cowboys and Eagles to lose and uh, Washington to lose. And, you know, you you can't get all this, you know, you got to worry about your games, win your schedule, win in the division, boom, and you're in the playoffs. So um, you can't be, you know, asking for all this crazy, you know, throwing out all these wishes, but so. Yeah. I mean, team that, the team that I was trying to get in that's complaining was six and 10. So, I mean, there's I know, nothing yeah. <laughs> early else we need to say about that, but um, yeah. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> healthy, healthy Giants from next year, Saquon coming back, uh, more yeah. draft picks coming their way. Uh, who knows how they play next year? I think they'll be in a good spot. I think uh, Dallas is going to be a lot better. Eagles are going to kind of stay the same. 
Washington, whatever their team name will be next year. <laughs> Who knows about them? But I think it's going to be a three-way battle again in the NFC East. Uh, Eagles have a lot of things to figure out organizationally, what they're going to do with Wentz, uh, receivers and defensive backs that they're going to draft uh, upcoming uh, in 2021. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they have to figure out as an organization uh, before they decide anything. Mm-hmm. But Agreed, yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. So we're going to go into uh, a little bit more uh, Giants talk now. We're going to talk a little bit in depth about Giants. Uh, potentially some things that we can go over are um, what this future holds for this team. I know it's a, it's a weird way to put it. I mean, uh, the Giants went, I think, would they go like six and yeah, they finished six and 10 in the year. Uh, yeah. They they landed a top ten pick and got eliminated to, in game mm-hmm. two fifty six of the NFL regular season. So Corey, what did you think of uh, the Giants' season to- in totality? Not just what we saw in the Eagles game, but uh, yeah, what did you think about their rough start to the season and how mm-hmm. they responded uh, coming back and winning five of the last eight games? Yeah, they had a great midseason turnaround, um, and you know they had some they had some rough injuries, mainly Saquon going down. I believe it was week two, but they had a really good um, uh, bounce back. And Daniel Jones, he he was a turnover machine again in that first half of the season, first quarter of the season, and he really kind of turned it around. He did stop the turnovers, but he kind of ignited this um, this speed that we haven't seen really before. And you know, he, um, it was highlighted by it was a big time run. It was. Like I think it was like an 80 yard run and he actually fell at the end of it. And so it didn't get into the end zone, but he really, um, you know, kind of showed off this speed that that was pretty awesome to see. Unfortunately though, he, the, the giants went on a, it was awesome. They went on like a three win game, uh, three win game winning streak, but then Daniel Jones got hurt, you know, at the hamstring hurt, uh, was out of game against the Seahawks. Colt McCoy comes in, sets off one of the biggest upsets in the, and in, in, the, in the season this year and so you get some momentum going Dana Jones comes back but you lose to the Ravens and the Browns and then you know now here, here we are today so um, I do like the defense really 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 turned it around I think that was a spark of it the defense really led that spark um, getting the causing those turnovers getting those sacks um, and and really making up for their biggest problem on the team I think was the offensive production that they they were too far below getting what the numbers that they should have um, th- this year. I think that uh, you know, they really struggled to even get breaking 20 and, and getting that 30-point range was really tough for them. So I think that at times they did lack some weapons on offense. Evan Ingram, who actually got nominated to the Pro Bowl, kind of surprisingly, um, he, he was uh, inconsistent. When he had a couple of key drop balls. He had a couple of games where he was questionable. Um, Darius Slayton had some injuries. Um, Golden Tate had a weird thing where he was suspended and came back. Um, Sterling Shepard had, had his fair share of injuries in the beginning of the year. So like you were saying, they got to stay healthy. And I think this can change um, their, their offensive problem. Um, and, and Daniel Jones, is, if he can limit those early season turnovers, I think, I think this is a totally different um, Giants team. 
And they had a, I think the one thing I got to say too is that they had a really tough schedule. If you look at it, um, they, their first game was the Steelers, who, you know, went on that 11-0 run. And then you have, they played the Niners next, who were just in the Super Bowl. Um, but now, you know, the Niners kind of, they had their injury bug too. But, uh, and then they finished off playing the Seahawks, the Ravens, Browns, uh, Cowboys was their last game. Um, and so they played some, they played some tough teams. I believe they played the Buccaneers. Yeah, they played the Buccaneers too. So Giants, they had the word cut out from them this year. So, yeah, that's my kind of my two cents on them. Yeah, I mean, they have – I mean, they've progressed really well. I think what Daniel Jones needs to work on is, like you said, the turnovers. And then uh, they need to get him some receivers and then kind of beef up the O-line a little bit. I think they're in a good spot with uh, um, with the system that he's in. I just think that they need to cut out a piece or two here and there on offense, yeah. and they'll be, they'll be in good shape. Uh, defense has really improved too. I, I've noticed that uh giants have had i mean second half of the season they played really really strong on defense and they put, pull off a couple wing a couple of wins here and there like uh like the giants play uh upsetting the seahawks earlier this season mm-hmm. and they almost beat the almost beat the bucks on monday night football that was also really really good but yeah, yeah no they've they played hard this season they you have to give them props for uh sticking with it the whole way and um, doing what they had to do to stay in games. I, they definitely didn't, weren't an easy out by any means. So uh, props to them. Yeah. And they, they also played the, they played the Rams and the Cardinals too, who had been great teams. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they had a tough schedule and, you know, just a few points here and there. Uh, and, you know, it's a totally different year. And I mean, even a few plays, if you look at it too. So, um, but yeah, I definitely do have some hopes for them. And, you know, it's a young roster, but, you know, the beginning of a great uh, team that can run, they can win the division. So, but it's the NFC East. And so I think there hasn't been a repeat winner in a long time. I, I can't remember the last time I, I, I have to pull up the stats later, but um, it's always a different winner of the division in the NFC East. So it, it's pretty lo- much likely it could be the Giants next year. So yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. And Dallas, once get once Dak comes back, I think they'll be stronger than ever. Uh, Kellen Moore decided to stay with uh, with the Cowboys. He was offered the Boise State head coaching position. He took it and then retracted from that. And now he is uh, he's going to be back as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he'll be he'll be back. Dak will be back. Uh, they're going to have to really strengthen up their defense if they want to win the division. But it's it definitely feels like it's going to come down to Dallas and New York next year in the uh, mm-hmm. NFC East. So um, we're going to talk about uh, – yeah, definitely talk about my team, the Chargers. Uh, finished 7-9, and nine, uh, beat a Kansas City team and benched a lot of their starters uh, in Week 17. But overall, Corey – uh, what did you think about how the Chargers finished the season? They started three and nine, had that loss to the Patriots, forty-five to nothing, and then uh, went on a four-game winning streak to end the season. What does that say about uh, overall the team and the culture and um, everything going on with their season? Yeah, um, I I love how the Chargers ended out the year too. Uh, thirty-eight 
21 victory um, over the Chiefs today. I know they had uh, Chiefs had a lot of starters out, but you know they they had to go into Kansas City and win that game. And so I think it's credit to Anthony Lynn and Herbert and just getting rallying that offense. And um, and so I I do love how they finished the year, especially with the Denver, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and Kansas City wins to finish off the year um, in that fashion with those division wins that they had they didn't win a single division game last year. Um, and so, and, and it's crazy. If you go back to that 45 to zero loss to the Patriots, you know, you're thinking Anthony Lynn's fired, you know, before he, you know, you know, before the end of the day, you know, definitely before the end of the season. And we talked about this, you know, are we, should the chargers tank and, and, and go for a better draft pick or should they try to fight out and, 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 and win out the season. And so I, I was kind of leaning towards, Hey, it's Anthony Lynn's he's on the hot seat. You know, he, he's, I'm sure he's going to, to keep his job, he's going to want to push these guys to, to, to win these games. And so, I mean, I think it's, you know, a win is a win. I think you can't take anything away. You could say it's a sloppy win or, you know, they didn't have their starters, but getting these wins in the NFL is big time. And I think that it's, it could go, it, it might, it's going to bode well when the, um, the Chargers owners talk about, you know, are we going to fire, are we, are we getting rid of um, Anthony Lynn? So I think it made that dis- discussion a little bit harder. Um, and, you know, I like how, how it ended up. And Justin Herbert's looking like the franchise guy for the next 10 plus years. And so I think that's a main goal. They have some key pieces that are, were hurt. And so um, the Chargers have, I put them in the same boat as the Giants for next year. They have so many awesome pieces. And I think if they could just string everything together, boom, we've got a couple of division winners on our hands. Yeah, and they are a very interesting team because they were in so many close games earlier this year. Earlier this year, uh, Herbert started his mm-hmm. career one in seven, um, which is something that yeah. I mean, something that you were just baffled by, honestly. Uh, looking at so so many of the close games they were in, uh, they were up against Kansas City. They were up against New Orleans. They were up against Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost all of those games. And then they lost at the buzzer to Denver and Oakland. So that's that's a five-win swing on their season. So that's five lost wins. So that could have potentially been a 12-4 uh, a and four record. But a lot of coaching mishaps yeah. and a lot of bad uh, decisions early on in the season costed this team a playoff spot. And yeah. – I just wanted to ask Corey, like, what did you think about how um, Anthony Lynn handled that adversity early on the season, and how um, how do you like how he finished the season, and what the Chargers are building for years to come? Yeah, I think it says a lot that um, you know the team's able to put the, you know just not throw in the towel, and you know they're able to string together these wins. And, you know, and I, I, I got to throw in the Falcons at that win too. And, you know, the Chargers have had, you know, the, the biggest thing about them is that they've had really tough times closing out games and finishing strong and, and winning those one to three point games. It's been very difficult the last two years. Um, or you could say year and a half because, you know, they really, they really tightened it up this year. So getting those wins. And I mean, that Atlanta Chargers game was, you know, battle of the, you know, uh, identical twins of, you know, both teams have, have blown leads, um, you know, made that kind of their second job. Um, and so it, it was crazy. That game went down crazy where 
Matt Ryan or Herbert threw a pick. Matt Ryan threw a pick. And then uh, Michael Badgley, who's been struggling from field goal, um, you know, he hit that field goal to win 2017. So I think just getting these wins, you know, getting the W on the board is just so important for this team, for a young rookie quarterback, for a coach on the hot seat, um, for teams that have injury problems, that have the bad, bad luck problems. So, you know, getting these wins is, is big time. It says a lot that, I mean, it says a lot about Herbert too. Uh, you know, I'm sure he rallied up the guys and, and with his play on the field, and I'm sure he said some things and set the tone up to um, get these wins going and string stack wins up like this. So I think it's big time. And I'm sure the, the Chargers fan base has to be excited about at least, you know, for sure Herbert, but the way that end, the year ended, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Charger fans, to be honest, are quite anxious, honestly, to say the least, about what mm-hmm. the – uh, what the Chargers are going to do with Anthony Lynn and who's going to be on that coaching staff next year because if things change a lot, Herbert's going to be in a different system. Who knows what uh, they could be next year with uh, the head coach and the coordinators involved with that team. But uh, it's a lot of – there's a lot of anxiety, honestly, for um, that coaching staff to make that decision and what they could potentially do the next year. I think this might take a little bit longer for uh, the chargers to make a decision than they normally would be um, because we didn't see this with Mike McCoy. Uh, Mike McCoy kind of folded and took the easy way out in a lot of games. And Anthony Lynn didn't do that. Um, North, North Turner had a really, really underachieving, uh, second half of his Chargers tenure. Uh, he went to the AFC Championship, obviously, his first year there with a really, really stacked roster. But this is a very, very different um, situation, more complex than the Chargers would have had four weeks ago. It's kind of up in the air now. Um, after that Patriots yeah. loss, it would have been much more clear that the Chargers would have fired Anthony Lynn. Uh, it would it would have been an easy decision. They could have done it right there on the spot, but they didn't. But yeah. it's just gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. Chargers don't fire coaches uh, mid year either. So for for him to finish the season the way the way he did, I think he may. There's a good. I think there's a solid chance he'll be back next year. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I was trying to go back in the schedule and see like what was the Chargers' best win. You know. I'd be curious to ask Anthony Lynn that, you know, what was your best win on the team? Um, and so I would say, obviously, you know, if it was, they had some really close ones where it could have been, you know, boom, that was the win of the year with, you know, mainly Herbert's first game with against defending Super Bowl champs and the Kansas City Chiefs. That would have been awesome. They were so close. They got it to overtime. They got it close with the Saints. I believe they got him in overtime with the Saints. Um, but I'm trying to think of, you know, their best win. I think, it might have been the second one against the Raiders or, I mean, anything in the division would be awesome. But, you know, I would say looking back to, you know, there weren't any huge statement wins this year. Um, Cause you look at the wins, you know, uh, Falcons were struggling. They beat the Jaguars. It was struggling. Um, Denver, you know, it's been struggling, you, you know, uh, Raiders have had their ups and downs. Um, what else? So, um, and Kansas city wasn't playing um, their starters today. Yeah. So, who, who would you say? I'm trying to Bengals think. Bengals, too. Yeah, Bengals. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, these, these are 
you know, kind of subpar teams that you'd hope to win. And I'm thinking like, if, if you want your head coach, you know, you, you want them to really rally these guys and get these wins that he got, but you also want to have these statement wins that, you know, you're getting, you're in the, you know, the playoff contention all the way through the year. Um, and so I think, yeah, you're, I think you're totally right. Anthony Lynn, he definitely made a case for himself to stay on as coach. Um, but it, you know, if Spano, the Spanos family looks back and says, huh, I don't know, we're, you know, we have this big stadium, but we're not getting this, these huge statement wins. So is that Anthony Lynn's fault? Is that the injuries? Is that, you know, is that coaching overall? You know, it's, um, it's a tricky one, but yeah. Yeah. I think if Tom Telesco, uh, Chargers GM, I think if he has a, if he already knows who he wants, Anthony Lynn is gone. But if he doesn't know who he wants yet, then Anthony Lynn is staying because, yeah. like you said, there is really no statement wins. Mm-hmm. And the statement wins they could have had were all against teams that they blew leads against. Um, for mm-hmm. example, Tampa, New Orleans, uh, Denver, early on in the season, uh, Kansas City, you name it. I mean, they went three and three in the division. That's not bad, but yeah. outside of the division, you guys, I mean, they didn't do a whole lot. Like they do, they did a, like the bare minimum to stay in games, mm-hmm. and uh, they they were f- just finding ways to lose. They were finding ways to lose. That it was just, it was just something that they they needed to like figure out, and they finally figured out figured it out at the end of the year. Um, after they got blown out, I mean, there was really, really big changes that came along for mm. uh, the Chargers and how things were handled. But I think I don't think Anthony Lynn is going to be a head coach in the NFL after his tenure with the Chargers, whenever that ends, next season, this season, mm. uh, you name it. But, yeah, the yeah. Chargers need to go out and get a big name, though. They need to go out and get yeah. um, Eric Biemi from – the Kansas City Chiefs. I know he's That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, I know he is um interviewing with the Falcons tomorrow or on Monday rather. But yeah, it's it's definitely a tough, tough, tough uh thing for the Chargers to actually look at and view over like view in his like tenure over time. I think he finished with a five hundred record. Yeah. In all four yeah, years, not, yeah. he was, yeah. So he, I think he finished. Thir- he uh, 32, finished over 30. 32 and 31. I think so, yeah. Yeah. 30, 33, maybe. I'm not sure. 32 and 31, maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, because he had a 9 7 season, uh, a 12 and 4 season, a 5 and 11 season, and a 7 and 9 season. So, yeah, no, it's okay. he. Uh, he was he's like itching five hundred. They need to go out and get someone who, uh, who know like like who's been a head coach in the NFL and can help develop Justin Herbert. Not a running back specialist. They need to go get someone who is going to be the future of this um, of the NFL for years to come. Because they did that with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, like. They need to go out and not waste Justin Herbert's career like they did with Philip Rivers' career with the Chargers, and like that's gonna be that's gonna be a big thing. Like this is the most important 
uh, coaching hire that they'll probably ever have in their um, in their in their entire franchise's history because yeah. like they're I mean like North Turner like they made they tried to make a statement with North Turner it kind of fell through but like you need a you need a pair great head coach with uh, a, a future great quarterback and I Herbert broke a bunch of records this year mm. we can't say enough about him but yeah. uh, Herbert needs to Herbert needs that coach to get him over the top to be an MVP caliber um, player. And I think he'll, I think he'll get that next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, with Anthony Lynn. Yeah. It looks like he's right at the 32, uh, 32 and 31 as a chargers head, head coach. Um, so like you're saying, you can get a 12 and four out of him, or you can get a six or you can get a five and 11 out of him. Uh, so it's just, it's just what the chargers want to do ownership GM, um, you know, do they want to have they they want to have the inconsistency of Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn or do they want to go for that big name get big name hire? Um, but yeah, it's tricky. Um, I don't know. With I know when we did our no dagger dagger and no dagger section, I said dagger Anthony Lynn would get fired before the year ended, so that didn't happen. Um, but like you were saying, I I believe Anthony Lynn has another year on his contract. Um, so and I you know the Chargers aren't really people to fire coaches you know before the contract ends so any end of the year you know with three division wins so it's it's uh i'm, I'm not sure yet when i'm out to when i'm what i would decide on i think it's going to take longer though i think tom telesco is going to take his time on this one and you know whether it be a couple months or something um so i can have my official decision later uh in our next podcast <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um but yeah we're gonna go over uh some of these NFL matchups for Super Wildcard Weekend uh, for the first Wildcard Weekend of the or the only Wildcard Weekend of the year, rather um, a little bit of a different format than we're, what we're what we're used to. Um, we get six NFL playoff matchups next weekend instead of four. I think that's I think that's spectacular. That's going to be um, fun to watch all day um, and not do anything else. But let's go over some of the playoff matchups for what we're going to see. Um, So let's start with the Colts and the Bills. Um, Colts are back in the playoffs with Phillip Rivers this time. And the Bills are red hot. They are – no one is stopping the Bills, it seems like. Um, But the Colts are going to be in for a dogfight. Uh, they've had the number one secondary all year, and I mean they've had a really balanced offense. Like Jonathan Taylor has been a stud. Uh, Philip Rivers is sling the ball really well. He feels great in that offense. Uh, Frank Reich really made it a great fit for him. And I don't know how the Chargers didn't keep him and Ron Rivera mm-hmm. for that matter. Two great head coaches who are in the playoffs that are that were both in the Chargers own organization but I mean hey it is what it is but yeah what do you uh what do you have to say about both teams uh Indianapolis and Buffalo and who do you like in this matchup so just for just to clarify though so the Colts got in because the Dolphins lost right yes yeah so because I I was looking at they needed to win with they got the win against Jacksonville today but they also 
it looked like they needed Titans to lose uh, to win the division, and they needed Cleveland uh, and Baltimore to lose to get the top wildcard spot. But they got in because of Miami, mm-hmm. right? So uh, big time. Yeah. So that is big time. Um, I'm I'm super excited to have Philip Rivers in the playoffs. Um, get to see that wild guy, wild gritty guy, trash talking left and right. Um, this is a really interesting team. Um, I think just off the bat, I mean the Bills, the Bills have been awesome this year. It's hard to pick against them, but with Philip Rivers, that playoff experience. I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran for 253 yards today. I mean, just insane numbers on the on the ground. Um, he's been really a stud the last two, three, four. I mean, the whole season he's been putting up good good yardage on the ground. But 253 is just insane. Um, so I really like. I mean, I really like the Colts. I think it's going to be a dogfight in this one. But I just think the Bills have too much firepower. And I think at the end of the day, they're going to get the Colts in this one. Um, the Bill, I mean, uh, Stefan Diggs has just been an absolute beast in his first year with the Bills. Um, it's just Josh Allen's as I mean, having a career year. Uh, it's just he's looking just more and more, getting better every, every year. So I just think it's hard. 13-3, and three, it's just hard to pick against the Bills on that one. Yeah, and I mean, the Bills are playing in front of fans for the first time this season. Um, and I don't know why it took them this long to get fans into the stadium, but hey, do what you want with it. It's it's finally happening for Bills fans. They can sit and watch an NFL game in person um, in the stadium on, in January when it's freezing. Oh, God, um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know anybody, why anybody would want to do that anyways, but um, I I love the Bills in this matchup. I think that they're going to be a big force to be reckoned with. Um, they're just so yeah. great. That that offense is so good for Josh Allen. Sean McDermott is a great match for him. Uh, he really wasn't going to get anything with Tyrod Taylor, and they moved on from him. Uh, yeah, I like the Bills a lot in this matchup. Uh, they're going to be hot for um, throughout the whole playoffs, and they're going to be someone that um, teams are going to want to watch, uh, mm. look out for. Uh, it's just it's just going to be interesting though because I don't think it's a thousand percent a thing that the Bills will win this weekend. I mean, the Bills have haven't won a playoff game in how long? Like twenty was it, years. Was it ninety seven? Right? Was it ninety seven? They haven't hosted. They haven't hosted a playoff game in like. 20 years like wow. this is this is it's insanity it's crazy but like Philip wow. Rivers who's been in the playoffs before against a quarterback who is 0-1 in the playoffs I mean mm-hmm. shoot I don't know man you just have to give it you just have yeah. to give it to Philip Rivers Ooh. sometimes just the I you just have to give it to him sometimes I mean like I think the I think the Colts will cover the spread, but I think the Bills win by three or four points. I think it, it's a yeah. 20, 27-23 game. Ooh, 20, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a close one uh, for sure. But like you were saying, Bills are just too good this year. I mean, if you just go back a year ago, Bills had a tough break against, I think it was the Texans, where Deshaun Watson got hit by two defenders, basically did a 360 and delivered the ball up for you know to continue that game winning drive or game ceiling drive um so 
you thought, you know, the Bills were going to get that win the last year, but it's looking like this could be their year. And with the wins that they've put up, and they actually beat the Chiefs earlier. Oh, actually, no, no. Shoot. Earlier in the year, I think the Chiefs got that game, actually. Um, yeah, they the Chiefs oh, won that game. Yeah. But they beat um, – Yeah, it was close. They beat the Steelers, and they beat some other really good teams. I mean, they beat mm-hmm. um, the Seahawks, almost beat the Cardinals. Um, well, so they beat the Rams, too. Um, they've beaten some good teams. But I just yeah. – I really, I really like the Bills to win. I think the Colts will cover the spread, but – um, mm-hmm. Indy's defense is going to be something to look out for in that game. It's either it's either the Bills go to the AFC Championship or they lose in the in the first uh, wild card weekend. There's not not really an in between. Yeah, you're right. So. Uh, I think what's great about for the Colts this year this or for this wild card game is that I feel like they've been kind of the the national underdogs. Um, where like I feel like Philip Rivers has been pretty quiet, you know, to the to the casual NFL fan. And uh, I mean, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, like I was talking about, like, I think it's going to be awesome to, to get him back on the national spotlight. Um, and so, and to see what the Colts team can do. I mean, there, there hasn't been, their games haven't been broadcast that much um, here in, on the West coast. And so I believe, you know, outside of like a Thursday night football game, uh, I didn't think they had a Monday night game. Um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but so I think it'd be cool to see, uh, because the Bills have been talked about a lot. The Colts haven't really been talked about too much So, um, as far as national TV. So I, th- I think it's going to be awesome to kind of display this roster and good old Philip Rivers uh, doing this again. So shout out to him for, you know, making it back to the playoffs and we get another chance of playoff Phil. Yeah, and another target to talk about is Stefan Diggs. Um, him and Cole Beasley have been really, really underrated this year. I mean, Cole Beasley was – all all timer for the Cowboys he used to be really really um sufficient for them yeah. on third downs but he's he's being used more um more often now in Buffalo and I think that you have to credit Sean McDermott for um his putting him in a good role in that offense for him to succeed so um mm-hmm. yeah no def- definitely have to give give a lot of credit but the Bills have had a couple All Pros on there too, uh, Tre'Davious White as well, um, yeah. on that defense. He's really nice, but yeah, Bills twenty-seven, Colts twenty-three. That's per- that's my prediction. So yeah, yeah. Let's go to the next matchup of that day, uh, of that Saturday rather. Rams mm-hmm. and Seahawks. Rams got the six seed and won this week against uh, with with John Wolfert, former Arizona AAF quarterback, uh, signed as a, as a backup for the Rams. He won with Jared Goff out uh, this week and came in and beat Arizona, who didn't have Kyler Murray most of the game. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's a very, very interesting matchup for both teams. Uh, Rams and Seahawks just played – um, not not too long ago, uh, I think the Seahawks won like twenty to nine or something like that. I mean, Rudd, you, you let Russ cook, he's gonna cook. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun matchup, fun NFC West uh, division rival matchup. Uh, too bad no fans will be there, and either yeah, yeah. 
So it just it just stinks for that. But what do you think will happen for um, for that game, Corey? Yeah, I'm thinking that we had a we had you know the lone wolf uh, finally got the Rams into the playoffs. I can't believe it's been it would have been three weeks in a row where they were you know a win and you're in situation. So they can do it against the Jets, couldn't do it against the Seahawks, I believe, and then can and then they finally got it uh, with the with the against the Cardinals. So um, you know it's a crazy one with Jared with Jared Goff being out. Um, I saw he was he was actually on the sideline throwing some passes today, but you know I believe he had surgery on that thumb and had a, some type of pin replaced. Um, so you know, it looks like we're going to get Wolf again uh, in this game. I don't know. I mean, who knows, though? It's, it's anything could happen, and Jared Goff could, could you know, miraculously be ready to go. Um, it just makes it tough. But, um, man, Seahawks are – although they ended 12-4, and four, they, they ended 12-4, and four, but they're, yeah. it just seemed like they've been declining, at, you know, ever since that midpoint in the season where, you know, I, I almost – I thought they were going to be a Super Bowl uh, favorite. And – but those defense, the de- the spots on defense just just didn't seem to be, you know, they they had some big holes on defense, um, despite having Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner, um, and so, uh, you know, I, you know, Rams and Seahawks are split one and one on this year. It's really it's really as fifty fifty as you know as close to fifty fifty as it gets for me uh, um, in the playoffs, at least, you know, especially so. You know, I think I think the Rams can pull this one out. Um, it, it, it as crazy as it sounds, I just think uh, it's all gonna it's gonna fall on the back of the defense. The defense came up big with a big eighty yard plus pick six. Um, if if Jalen Ramsey can shut down DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett has has really declined in the in the midway point of the year. He was you know if you look at him from a fantasy point point, he was you know be, solid fantasy production all the way up until like the mid midweek and then just kind of declined. So um, Russell Wilson has been kind of sliding down too uh, as a result of that. And it's going to really look down to Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, if they can lock down DK, if Aaron Donald can put pressure on Russell Wilson, get a couple of sacks. I think the Rams can walk away with a low scoring game on this one. I think it will be a low scoring game, but I don't think the, I think it's going to be in favor of the Seahawks. Uh, a lot of matchups or a lot of things that Russ did in that first matchup this year against the Rams, it was in LA. Uh, he threw three picks. He made mm-hmm. decisions that he wasn't used to making and they lost by a touchdown. So um, I don't really see that happening again. I do think it's going to be a low scoring game again. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with the Seahawks winning thir- 17 to 13. I'm going to go, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go with a low scoring game. I think Russ lights it up in the second half of that game. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what both teams do. And I mean, who knows what, who knows what uh, Jared Goff's status is. I'm not really, I'm not going to be reliant on how, how his production will be it's mm-hmm. more it's going to be more of cam Akers and what he'll do um i think that they're going to be over reliant on their run game and they're going to be in like really really weird situations i think the i think the seahawks win and uh move on so okay yeah yeah the first loss to the rams was 23 16 
Uh, and then most recently, Rams won 20 to 19. So it looks like that magic number is in that 20, 25 range. Uh, and with one side of the defense, uh, one side of the uh, defense dominating too. So um, I'm going to say in that 20 range too, I'm going to go, I'm going to say uh, 26. Rams win 26, 20. All right. Yeah. 26 points for the Rams. It's double what I got for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess it all depends on well, – I mean, even if even if Jared Goff does play, you know, just pretend he's 100% healthy, he's been a little inconsistent this year too. He's he's, he's looking like, you know, some guy – you know, some, some games he's throwing multiple touchdowns, looking like he's on fire. Other games he's looking like a uh, second-string quarterback, uh, you know, at – a local LA quarterback, um, high school quarterback. So I don't know. It, it just, it really, their defense has really been holding them together. I feel like this year. Um, and in, and in those injuries, Cooper cup didn't play today. Um, so it, yeah. It, and it's division too. So it just makes it even tougher. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Saturday night game, uh, primetime action, uh, the bucks versus the football team. Um, Washington was seven and nine on the year. Um, and Tom Brady and the Bucks, they were kind of on and off, but they were eleven and five, and they they were in some weird spots. I mean, Brady threw for forty three touchdowns on the year. Alex Smith played seven games. Uh, they did well in most of those seven games. But Corey, who do you think wins that game Saturday night? I mean, uh, you know, so as much as we can kind of, you know, hate on the NFC East, uh, Washington has had a great defense too, uh, mainly headlined by Chase Young, just absolute beast. Uh, you know, lived up to all the hype that he that he was out of Ohio State. Um, and so, you know, the Washington football team, they do have a pretty solid defense, but you you talk about the Buccaneers and what they've done the last uh, few weeks. I mean, Tom put up, Tom and the Bucks put up 44 today. I mean, albeit it's it's the Falcons, but he is just turning back the clock, um, father time, kicking him, kicking him out the door, and uh, I mean, talk about Antonio Brown too, 138 yards, 11 catches, two touchdowns for an AB. So a little little, uh, I mean, both these guys are kind of you know uh, 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 <laughs> turning back the time, and AB is really turning into the guy that the Bucks hoped he could be too. So. He's had a couple – I think he's had three games in a row with a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, and Mike Evans beats Chris Godwin. Ronald Jones is back from the COVID-slash-injured list. This offense is peaking at the right time. I think they can – this offense is going to be able to do better than this Washington defense. Alex Smith, although he's been kind of their old reliable guy, uh, I just think that it's just too much to keep up with Tom Brady. And I think – I really think that they can make the Super Bowl push too. So I'll take Bucks on this one. I am going to go the opposite way, actually. I'm going to go with the football team to win. And here's football why. Team? I'm I'm going to go with the football team to win this game. And um, here's why. Uh, Tom Brady has not been a very, very successful quarterback on the road. Uh, throughout his career I mean most of the time he makes the Super Bowl it's with um, it is with a bye 
anyways, and the bye week is out of the question. Uh, now, now he has the five seed, and he's, yeah, he's a road favorite. Even though he's a road favorite, I still like, um, I still like the football team to win this matchup. And, uh, yeah, I like. I think the Washington offense can give uh, the Bucks defense a lot of fits, kind of like how we saw the Monday night game with the Rams and Bucks go. Uh, Jared Goff threw a lot of checkdown passes, a lot of long drives, um, and now that McKissick and um, Antonio Gibson are healthy and uh, Terry McLaurin is going to be a solid out like outlet for Alex Smith. I think that can give uh, the Bucks defense a lot of problems um, in a late, in a late prime time situation too. Um, yeah, I do. I do like the football team to win. I'm, I'm going to go with, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with the football team to win 24 to 20. Um, Mike Evans is coach. Uh, Mike Evans is health is a little bit in question. Uh, I love the Washington pass rush. Um, mm. I think they're going to give, I think they're going to give Brady problems um, throughout the night. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting to say the least, but I, I like, I like the football team to win. 24 to 20 and I yeah I like the Washington defense I'm not a huge fan of Brady and Arians scheme Bruce Arians that is I don't like the scheme that they're in um, I think Brady is going to try to go downfield a lot and not stick with the game plan that he's used to rolling with trusting his receivers and trying to do a lot on his on his own in a late game situation, I am going to go with Washington. And also, fun Man. fact, uh, both seven and nine teams that have made the playoffs won their first game uh, huh. wild card weekend. So that's also something to keep track of. Yeah, that's a good stat. Dang. Uh, I mean, it would have been fun too to see Giants Bucks because that 25 23 yeah. loss, that would have been awesome. Um, but dang, I just, that, looking at the offense, so they scored. In the last few weeks, it went 41 points, 26 points, 31, 47, and 44. So, I mean, yeah, it is hell of a defense there in Washington. But so you said 20 points. So Bucks held the 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and then Washington only put up 20 tonight too. So it just, man, as it's going to be. I, I, do, I do like what you're, where you're going, though. I think definitely don't count Washington out. You know, I don't think this is going to be a blowout win by any means. Um, but it's just like, you know, Tom Brady rolling in, dropping 44 the last two games. Um, man, I like it, though. I like it. We're, we're all about this. The dagger, we're all about the hot takes, bold predictions. We're bringing it to you. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's keep in mind, too, like, Arians has not had a lot of playoff success either. I mean, with the mm-hmm. Cardinals, he, I mean, he didn't do a whole – a whole lot with the with the Cardinals um I mean yeah he's had playoff failures here and there but um overall I mean yeah like he didn't do he didn't do a whole lot with the Cardinals um I was he the head coach of their Super Bowl run do you remember uh Arians yeah I think uh, later 
shoot, I think he, I want to say he was. Um, let, let me quick. If he Google was, search. then I'll I'll take that back. But if he if he wasn't, I can't remember. But yeah, Arians besides the Super Bowl run, besides the Cardinals Super Bowl run, hasn't done a whole lot with uh, in, in in the playoffs rather. And usually most of the most of the QBs he has in the playoffs. Um, I mean, they've been pretty mediocre to average. I wouldn't say Tom Brady is that at all, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very big uh, matchup. And I think Rivera, I think Ron Rivera, since he's been to the playoffs before and been to the Super Bowl recently, I think he can match up well uh, against the Bucks and game planning for that stacked offense they're gonna they're gonna end up facing. So yeah. It looks like so. A quick Google search. Um, uh, Arians won. He won two rings as a assistant coach um, with uh, uh, the, the Steelers, and then he, but he he hasn't won one as a head coach. And then, uh, uh, oh wow! Uh, it looks like Ken w- uh, Wisenhunt was the Cardinals oh, coach that's that year. Right. Okay. Yeah, I hey, can't remember if it was him or Bruce, but. Yeah, Arians as a head coach hasn't had a whole lot of success in the playoffs. Um, I like Rivera in this game. I like the the Washington defense, and I, I like the offense to keep him in it too. Um, I like the Bucks offense more, obviously, but I mean matchup wise, mm-hmm. I like the I like the football team definitely. The football team, man. I just I love that name. <laughs> you gotta love it. You, lo- you love to see it. Um, all right, Sunday afternoon game. We have the Ravens against the Titans. Um, I'm gonna go one. with I'm gonna go with the Ravens in this one, and I'm gonna go with the Ravens winning 31 to 31 to 24. I think they win by a touchdown, and. I, I like Lamar Jackson. I like the run game that they have going for them. Um, it's going to be a little bit different guarding. I mean, they practice against Derrick Henry all the time. The Titans defense does. But the Titans defense has no pass rushers at all. And you saw a 4-11 Deshaun Watson-led uh, Texan team torch him today, or this week rather, put up 30, what was it, 38 points or something like that. and. I think that I think the I think Lamar gives uh, the Titans problems, and I think he learned his lesson from last year in the playoffs against that Titan mm-hmm. team. I think he's going to be looking for revenge. Um, I like the Titans, or I like the Ravens rather by a touchdown. I think he gets back on track and um, solves his issues with um, being in the playoffs and still being winless. So, yeah, I mean, this might be the most. I mean, there's a lot of great games, but this might be one of the most intriguing ones just because, uh, at least for the wildcard round, because um, it's, you know, it's that revenge, revenge tour for um, Lamar Jackson. It's the, it's maybe it's third time's a charm, uh, you know, first time with Chargers taking a brutal loss, Titans, it, you know, it, it seemed to be a Ravens lock to win that one. Ravens just kind of fell apart. Um, and then, so now we got the third time's a charm and uh, you know, Ravens are peaking at the right time too. Uh, they've been, they're coming off three or four wins in a row. The offense, you know, was hated on in the middle of the season. You know, Lamar needs to pick it up. The receiving core needs to get better. 
They went and got Des Bryant. You know, you got a couple of touchdowns for him. Um, but Lamar's looking better. You know, 11-5 win. Um, he's not having that MVP year that he did last year. But, I mean, maybe it maybe just takes – maybe all Lamar needed was a little bit of time just get get comfortable in the NFL. And that's all I needed to shake this, um, you know, kind of fall, falling apart in the playoffs, um, not having that clutch gene. So – this is a big one for Lamar. You know, if you do this three times in a row, you know, you could start, you could say, you could argue that Lamar, you know, is just not ready for the pressure of these big games. So I'm rooting for the, the Ravens in this, in that sense. Um, you know, as much as I love Derrick Henry and just to see him just be an absolute beast. Um, and did he get the 2000 today? Did he get the 2000? He marker? did. Wow. He did get yeah. the 2000. And Lamar is the first QB in NFL history to have multiple 1,000 yard rushing seasons. So, wow. uh, something so, that yeah. Michael Vick didn't do either. And I got to say, ever since Lamar got COVID, um, as crazy as it sounds, like he's been playing a lot better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he had that midseason. Then. Yeah. Uh, when, they, when they played the Cowboys on Tuesday night, it was a Tuesday night game. I was just like, Ever since then, he's been on fire. Like, he's been – like, the Ravens have been running teams. So, that's something to keep your eyes on as well. So, I like the I like the Ravens this weekend. Big time. Yeah, it, yeah. and it, they lost to the Titans 30-24. Uh, to 24. Um, And then it looks like – I mean, the Ravens also had one – you know, you could argue the game of the year against the Browns, 47-42 Monday night crazy game. Um, so it's just all about Lamar and, you know, you can't put it, you can't put it all on Lamar because he, he had his receivers didn't really help him out on the last two, uh, playoff blows that he, that he had. So, um, it, it it's, it's really going to be up to Lamar, you know, get that mindset and, um, I don't know, maybe he's going to have to run to the locker room, use the bathroom again, uh, and, and come back out and, and light up the bathroom and the field. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like crazy. Well, <laughs> also hard to be a team twice. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think for that reason, I think I'll, I'll pick the Ravens in this one. It's going to be a shootout again. Uh, both these teams getting 30 points, I think. So um, it's, oh, man, this is a good one, though. This is, a, this is, these are tough games to pick, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, which brings us to our next matchup, uh, the Nickelodeon matchup of the week. Uh, Bears <laughs> seven seed at Saints. Uh, Bears got in today with an Arizona loss, or this week rather. So I like uh, the Saints. Excuse me. I like the Saints twenty-eight to twenty. I think uh, Mitch Trubisky is playing the best football of his career. Um, Saints and Saints in the afternoon on a Sunday at the Superdome. That's all I gotta say um, about their about that playoff matchup. I mean, the Saints defense has been one of the best in the league. Their offense has been very inconsistent, but I think they'll find their touch once uh, all their running backs come back next week. Alvin Kamara will be back. Uh, he was on the COVID list. Uh, a bunch of their running backs too. Latavius Murray was also out. Um, I like I like for them to to win next week i really really like to win um i really like for them to win next week against the matt Nagy team who is kind of fiddling with their offense a little bit uh we're seeing a lot more david montgomery um in the backfield tree cohen 
has had his time. Um, I'm not sure if he's injured or not. I mean, he hasn't been getting a lot of snaps, but um, I do like I do like the um, Saints, and they've been rolling with their defense all year, um, and what they've been able to do. Uh, I love how Mitch led the team back to the playoffs after being benched. Uh, good on him, and yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the Bears have kind of snuck in. They've had a crazy year, uh, you know, I mean, and that's saying a lot too in this in this year, but um, with Nick Foles coming in, Trubinsky getting, or Trubinsky benched, and then Trubinsky coming back. And so after Nick Foles kind of got worked. Um, and so, and this is a crazy one. I mean, talk about Lamar Jackson. Let's look at the Saints, and they've had some bad luck with their, I believe the last three years with um, Minnesota last year, uh, the year before ran, the Rams, uh, PI, non PI call. Um, and then uh, Minnesota again with the miracle in Minnesota. And then wasn't there, there was another year, something else, before, you know? Yeah, they, they lost to Minnesota last year too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on a yeah. touchdown. Yeah, they've, they've had the bad end of the stick in uh, definitely a yeah. bunch of those, a bunch of those games. So. Yeah, so I do think that, I do think because of that, I mean, yeah, the Bears are peaking at the right time, eight and eight. They made it in. I do think New Orleans can get this one though. Um, I, I'm really feeling for Drew Brees. I think that you know, I don't think it's unfortunately, I don't think it's this, it's his year. Um, just because I, I just think that he's. I mean, what a brutal injury with the rib. Um, what was it like? It was like over. It was like eight ribs or something broken. Uh, so that's just brutal to overcome, and. Um, it just, I mean, Alvin Kamara though, he's, he's, he's been an absolute beast. Bum the NFL, find him like $5,000 for those Christmas day cleats. Those are pretty cool. It dropped six touchdowns. Um, won a lot of people their fantasy league. So shout out if you won your league because of that. And uh, so <laughs> they have, they have some, I mean, they have some, so they have so much talent. It's a bummer. Michael Thomas has been, you know, non-existent with the in because of injury this year. Uh, but I just think that, Unfortunately for Drew Brees and the Saints, I think they'll win this week, but I think that might be the end of the road for them. Uh, at, you know, just one playoff game, maybe two, but I don't, Super Bowl wise, I don't think it's you know in the Saints this year. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, the Saints. It should be the Saints year. They they have uh, they have been on like the bad end of the stick for many years. And I think 2020 is the year they finally break out of it. Um, they're going to have to go to Lambeau once, but that doesn't matter. I think they'll, uh, they'll do what they have to do against Aaron Rodgers um, If they make it that far, I'm, I think they play, um, they'll probably, they're probably going to play Seattle at home. Um, that's going to be tough for Seattle to go on the road and do what they have to do to get the win. But yeah, I like the Saints to make it to the NFC Championship at least this year. So yeah, and then we're gonna go on to our final matchup of the um, NFL playoff weekend. We have the Cleveland Browns at the Steelers Sunday Night Football. Uh, Corey, who do you got? Ooh, man. I mean, Cleveland. I mean, the Saints or the Steelers have kind of been on that downward trend with the uh, it's kind of with the Seahawks, but it's almost been worse for the Steelers. They had a nice bounce back win last week. Um, but let's see. I mean, yeah, losing the Browns this week, too. I mean, just just earlier today. So, 
I think the Browns are going to go back to back. And as crazy as, as that sounds, I just think that the Steelers are kind of, I mean, they're just a, kind of a weird team this year. Like they went 11 and 0, but they dropped a couple bad games and and their way up at 12 and four and just seeming, seeming to be like, you know, a very weak, you know, dominant team. It's as weird as that sounds. So I think, I think the Browns are going to get them this year. Um, and Baker's going to um, somehow pull it off and, uh, you know, and, and beat the Steelers. So primetime matchups can be very tough. I think they're going to, they're, they're going to be a lot more closer than we actually think um, yeah. going in. But I do like the, I do like the Steelers to win. I think they'll win in overtime. I think they went 27 and 24. Uh, both offenses put up a show. Um Big Ben and Mike Tomlin have been in the playoffs before. Um, one super, they yeah they've been to the been to the playoffs. They haven't won Super Bowls, but or have they? I gosh, I don't know. I'm getting old, but <laughs> uh, they they've definitely gone to Super Bowls before. Um, they've gone from the AFC plenty of times. Uh, Cleveland's a young team who is going to hit their stride eventually. I think they keep it a close game still. I think Chubb and Hunt are going to be two big uh, key factors for this game. Uh, they're going to be big safety valves for Baker. Um, but yeah, I like I like the I like the Steelers to win in overtime. I think they win 27-24. Like I said, uh, the Steelers defense is. I think they'll give Baker um, a hard a little bit more of a harder time. I think he gets a turnover in that game. Uh, he'll throw a couple of touchdowns, maybe. Who knows? Um, but I know, I know for sure that Nick Chubb's going to get a touchdown. Kareem Hunt may, or it might be Austin Hoopler or David Njoku. Who knows? But he loves using his uh, tight ends and running backs. And I know that Baker is going to be—he's going to be very ready for this game. So I wouldn't expect a cake a cakewalk at all for. Uh, for the Steelers, I like I like them in overtime. OT baby, yeah, I gotta love it. Yeah, definitely. And our national championship okay? game, yeah, that was all that was all okay. six. So there you go, we ran through. Yeah, our national championship for uh, the college football playoff: Ohio State and Alabama. Um, Ohio State defeated Clemson. Uh, this past weekend, and Justin Fields went off. I think he went 20 of 26, uh, threw for over 300 yards and had like six touchdowns or something like that. But um, insane. Yeah. No, it's insane. an incredible, incredible season for him uh, so far. But um, yeah, Alabama, Mac Jones. Um, yeah, it's they're they're gonna go off. Um, it's going to be a really, really big – I really like this matchup a lot for both teams. I think it's going to be a shootout um, in the College Football National Championship. But, Corey, who do you got for uh, the winner of this game? Man, so this is crazy. So, uh, man, okay, so how about how about Clemson, though? I just before, – before we move on, just briefly, I mean, I can't believe, you know, Clemson looked to be like the only team that could give Alabama a run for their money. And Dabo Sweeney's out there saying, you know, he's going to rank Ohio State at 11. 
And, you know, people are, people are, you know, a lot of people question how valid, you know, Ohio State is being in there. I mean, even Notre Dame, and Notre Dame too, I just, we got to get them out. We got to have, sign a petition. We got to get them out of the national championship uh, <laughs> conversation, um, get somebody else in there. But, um, but Clemson, man, they really, this, I don't know what happened. It just, the, it just, Ohio State just took over and, you got to look at Dabo Sweeney. It's hard to not, you know, I bet you the Ohio State players had that video ready and they were watching that in film and they had, they, you know, they were thinking Dabo Sweeney thinks we're 11 and it just gives them extra motivation to come out and do this to Clemson and pretty much embarrass them on that national stage. Um, and I was, just, we don't have time for the dagger of the week, but my dagger of the week was just going to be the second quarter of that game as a total because the Justin Fields had three touchdowns and brought the lead up to 35, 14 in that second quarter. And really that percentage of, of Ohio state winning just went way up. Um, and then Justin Fields throwing it, dropping a dime 45 yards to Jamison Williams, put it up 49, 21 for that official dagger. And um, you know, oh man, so, but let's look at Alabama, Alabama. Alabama has just had an historic, just offensive year, putting up, beating every team basically by 20. I mean, and this is, these are the big, these are the big teams in college. These are LSU, Florida Gators, uh, Texas A&M, Georgia, uh, Auburn, you know, the big, the big dogs of the SEC of college football. Um, And, you know, they're beating them by 20 and uh, they, they took care of Notre Dame like it was nothing. And, uh, I mean, Devontis, I mean, oh, man, these guys are so good. Uh, Mac Jones. It, uh, yeah, Devontae uh, Smith. Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. Um, I mean, just absolute beast. This is going to be, I mean, it's going to be just, it's going to be offense versus offense, it seems like. You know, it's going to be, oh, my God. This is, this is the toughest one to pick, I think. Um, I'm going to try to not get too crazy and ride the host Ohio State, you know, wave. I'm going to say Alabama on this one just because they've been so dominant to so many big-time teams. And, you know, Nick Saban. But, you know, they're that one seed. A college football team hasn't won at the one seed yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for – I want to see Ohio State. I think Bama's going to get it, though. Final answer. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it it'll be a really really fun matchup. I think Ohio State uh, usually every other year with um, Urban Meyer they they usually own that matchup. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah I like I like um, I want to say Ohio State. I want Alabama. I think I think Alabama will. Um, I think Alabama will take this one. And the reason why is because um, Alabama is just they're top to bottom. They're way too good. Uh, coaching, yeah. um, offense, defense, everywhere. Um, everywhere. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're just, they're, un, they're unstoppable. I don't think anyone's beating them. I think, uh, I think Alabama wins by a touchdown. Uh think we're gonna go 37 30 on this one or 37 31 rather but yeah I like I like Alabama in that matchup yeah it's crazy because so two two more crazy things is that uh so Alabama played 12 they're 12 and 0 
Ohio State seven and zero. So it's like, um, I mean, five more games there for Alabama to prove themselves. And then, uh, I mean, if you look at their score, um, Ohio State scored forty nine, Bama scored thirty one, but Bama really stopped after halftime. Um, they could have, I feel like they could have put up sixty easily. If they, I mean, fifty, I'd say easily. Yeah, um, sixty if they're really trying. So, I mean, this under over could be over. 90 i mean i might i might say nine. i mean I, I could see both these teams scraping 50 um in that 45 range so um i mean yeah this i just think it's just going to be a shootout left and right justin fields dropping dimes mac jones going off Devonte smith just an absolute baller um and it just um so much offensive talent just it's just crazy yeah, no, they the it's it's gonna be an NFL powerhouse for sure for uh, a lot of the Ohio State and Alabama guys who are about to get drafted in April. Like it's basically gonna be a showcase. Um, but Seriously. yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really really fun to watch. Um, there's not gonna be any. I mean, we don't get to see any frauds in the college football national championship. Everyone's saying bring back the BCS. I don't agree. I like this. I think everyone else just needs to get better. So, yeah, I do. If I could add on that, I do think desperately uh, for the better of everybody, let's expand the college football playoff, please. I think no. it's good for everything. No, I, I'm gonna say I think I think it's great for you know the colleges number one for the students number two for the universities for the towns for the bowl games, uh, college football fans, football fans. I th- I just think that school exposure i just think i mean even for the committee too like if you know you talk about booting notre dame out of there let's let's go see what florida could do let's see what let's see what a&m could do cincinnati let's see what cincinnati can do i mean all I right mean, as crazy as that sounds all right but you're going uh, let's, off let's make first it first off you're gonna get all the bowl games anyways even with the college <laughs> football playoff because they're gonna put them like all the new year six bowls yeah. rotating each year anyways so it doesn't matter Second off, the VCS, you get so many other calculations involved. I mean, you get like margin of victory, strength of schedule, and all this, all these little to meaningless calculations um, through through all through everything. And you have the same rules now. Like back then, it wasn't like that. Like there wasn't a Pac-12 championship. There wasn't a Big 12 championship. There was an SEC championship, a Big Ten championship, an ACC championship. Like mm-hmm. stuff was added along the way, but it fin it it finally worked. But um, yeah, and like giving the small schools like a chance. I mean, let's talk about Cincinnati because Cincinnati lost to the fourth best SEC team in that bowl game. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was that that game was everything to them. Like Florida was ahead of them. I know it didn't mean much, but Florida was ahead of them. A and M was ahead of them. Um, Alabama was out of them. They lost the fourth best SEC team. So I think yeah, recruiting sure. matters. I think the guys, like, even in preseason rankings, like, those are all based off recruiting. Like, that's nothing. It's based off nothing from the previous season. So um, all those Mountain West schools, all those uh, schools in the Big Five, I mean, let's look at basketball. Let's take a glimpse of that and use Gonzaga as, as an example because they recruit, they recruit well. I mean, they're not in a big conference. They're not in the Big East. 
they're in the West Coast Conference, right? So Gonzaga recruits well. They're a powerhouse every year. They're, they're being the Kansases, the Baylors, the Dukes, the North Carolinas. They're they're usually up there every single year for um, their recruiting. And, I mean, they're always, like, in the top two each year. So um, Gonzaga has become the new Duke, it feels like, present-day Duke. They're not winning national championships or anything like that. But it just feels like the superiority of recruiting has changed. And that's why Sean Miller did what he did to implement Gonzaga's recruiting because so many three-year and four-year guys are staying at that school while so many guys at Kansas and Duke are leaving after one year. But that's another conversation for another day. And that's why we have the college football playoff the way it is and the BCS was the way it was before and no big, no big five schools should ever be in it unless their recruiting class is top notch mm. or if you're being teams by 60 each time. So, yeah, I mean, I do think I make it to six teams and then you do that. You have, you throw an A&M and Oklahoma this year, which that could be kind of interesting. Hopefully they do better than Notre Dame did. Um, or you could take it this way. You go, the power you a power five winner, and then you you do a like a an at large at large bid or something like for the sixth team. Um, whether you want to do schedule, you want to do, you know, strength of schedule, et cetera, um, and get that sixth team in there, and then just do it like the wild card. Like you know, you give Bama a, a bye week, and then you 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 play A and M and Oklahoma or something, and then they advance to play on the winner of uh, I don't know uh, Clemson Ohio or something like. It'd be fun. And what would, what would, I like the bowl game format because you get so many, mm-hmm. like you get different matchups and different um, spots and you get, and you're, you're playing for something too. And it's not like you're wasting time doing all these games to get the same matchups you would get during the season. Like how many SEC teams do you think would make the, uh, make it onto the second round? Like if they cared. The second you round. Know? Yeah. Like it would just, it would just expose a lot of the conferences with soft spots like the Pac-12 and um, teams who are, I mean, teams in the like big five were just, I mean, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Cincinnati was, Cincinnati was a good team, but like in the SEC, would they really be like against all those great coaches, would they really be like a top five team? I don't know. They, they would be borderline definitely, but um, yeah. it, it's it's really tough to tell, and I I don't know. They would probably be like an Auburn, honestly, this year to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they just had the they lucked out being in, a, in the AAC, definitely. So yeah, bring back the BCS. We need that. So, <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for a full episode next week um hope you guys enjoyed that nfl preview and little mini college football preview slash rant uh for that rather but in the meantime uh subscribe to all our stuff uh we'll do the full episode next week we'll stay tuned stay tuned for more content and uh we will see you guys soon happy 2021